Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. The Week in Italian Startups, uh, this week very interesting. We pay, we like go through a wide range of uh, interesting deals from uh, food delivery to crypto, uh, passing through you know, scientific uh, uh, people, winning of the Turing prizes and so on and so forth. So it's been, uh, it's been crazy. It's been very cool, actually. So let's, let's jump right in with Makai, Nicola. What, the, what did you think of that? Let's start from there. Oh, well, the, it, it, Makai is the deal of the week. Um, yeah. uh, it's launched, it, it was launched by uh, Giovanni Cavallo, who has a long experience in delivery services because he's a serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he entered the quick commerce space uh, with this uh, offering with Makai. So he's going uh, heads first uh, against uh, some behemoths that raised hundreds of millions of euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the, uh, look at the uh, page, Gorillas. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Turkish startup, I don't remember. So the, quite quite a few, quite a few heavyweights. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and the Getir. Getir, yeah, exactly. From Turkey. Uh, Interesting space, actually. Like hyper verticalized. I I was not aware of that there was a name for it. The Q commerce. I was stuck to the e-commerce. So the Q commerce is something I learned uh, new today. So that's awesome. People like trying to really get stuff as quick as possible. And uh, I love the, the the example of the founder basically that needed some toothpaste at 10 p.m. and he couldn't get it. And that's, uh, that's the beginning of the story. Very interesting. Yeah, that's lovely. Well, quick commerce is, you know, one of the trends uh, of the post pandemic trends, if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you want. Uh, and Makai is the entire answer to the mm-hmm. international trends. Uh, and the um, angle uh, that the startup is taking is, well, uh, all, all of these players are basically going with distribution, but a selected number of SKUs in their, uh, in their offering. So number of products that, is, that you can actually purchase on the platform uh, so that, you know, lower costs, uh, better management of the inventory, and the way to uh, deliver everything extremely quickly. And Makai is taking a different direction, so a broader inventory. Uh, so I believe three times as many SKUs as the, the competitors. So they're going breath first. Yep. Uh, which, which I don't know. It's it's an interesting take uh, on this on this market. So I yeah, hope and we'll see how it works. What I like is that is a sort of a supermarket agnostic. So actually it's not from any huge chain of a supermarket. They're really like are trying to, to do the, the quick commerce first and to provide the product to people without pushing really like any, any, any specific chain or anything, which, which is but interesting. I have to say that in the quick commerce space, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit rare that uh, there is a strong relationship with a specific supermarket chain mm-hmm. because basically quick commerce is the uh, manual implementation of dark stores. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you do? You go in the cities, you um, rent a space with, with no windows on the street, but with basically everything that basically the back, back office or the warehouse of a small supermarket. 
So that's exactly what you rent. Uh, you automatize as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then you offer uh, delivery in the range that goes probably just a few kilometers around that, yep. that, that, that store. Uh, so you, you manage your own inventory. Uh, you do everything uh, from scratch. So maybe you have a relationship with a specific supermarket or a few supermarkets, but uh, the, the point is that you, you cut costs by managing everything and so you can get to marginality as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's a different play than Everly. Yeah, exactly. You name one. So Everly is a logistics play where they offer a platform where you can buy from any supermarket, whatever you want. Uh, but in this case, the, the, the key feature is speed of delivery. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the promise of gorillas, if you if you if you want, as the you know reference name now with quick commerce, is that they deliver to you anything that you buy in fifteen minutes. Fifteen, Fantastic. Fantastic. fifteen Fantastic. minutes. Fantastic. Uh, that's quite that's quite crazy. It's impressive. I mean, we've been spoiled by Amazon. This is the post-Amazonic world, the post-pandemic, post-Amazonic world, and checking out the area. Well, of course, uh, this is perfect for like metropolitan areas. I cannot think of it in the ca any countryside for sure. But this is a great tool to use. Uh, yeah, center of Turin right here, center of Milan. Definitely, definitely something, something really cool. Uh, what is interesting is that is quite a big round actually, with uh, relatively few investors. Like uh, checking out on Crunchbase, we have uh, like uh, Lumen. This cats.vc from Lithuania, which I was not aware of. And then You're plug and play, <laughs> plug and play, which is definitely like, a, probably like the biggest pusher in this, uh, in this, in this deal. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So 3 million raised and, uh, very curious to see how exactly they're going to expand operations. Yep. Yep. Good, good to see that the, the, the lead investor is Lumen Ventures. So it's an Italian firm, yep. uh, betting on this model. So. Yep. Let's all cheer for Giovanni Mackay to go and win against the big players. Fantastic. All right, moving on. Uh, I'm just going to jump a few points uh, and then we can always go back. Um, Luis uh, investing mm -hmm. 2.5 million in digital magic. So as people might uh, know, digital magic is one of the uh, earliest uh, companies pushing the Italian uh, startup ecosystem in the digital space. Uh, they went public a few years ago, they're still public. And right now, Luis is uh, doing basically um, like an equity round to basically increase the, uh, the equity amounts they have in Digital Magic. So that's, uh, that's, that's very interesting, actually. Luis has been really playing their cards extremely uh, strategically. Mm -mm -mm. So the, the, the most interesting part of this is that in well, Luis is, is a business of university and it is based in Rome. And Luis has a strong relationship with El Venture. He's actually one of the main investors in El Venture. And El Venture is an a startup accelerator. It's a listed startup accelerator. So mm -hmm. basically, the, Luis, the university, is doubling down mm -hmm. on, the, uh, on the startup ecosystem. So key investor in El Venture, key investor in digital magics. And it's co covering quite interesting. It's covering the spectrum. Like they're basically mm. going with the, the validated uh, people that have been like playing in the ecosystem. Adventure is clearly like a validated accelerator. Digital magic, I would consider it like a 
one of the the dads of the the Italian VC like slash early stage investment ecosystem. They've been around for quite a while, actually. Yeah, they, 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 they have a long story, a long, a very long story in the Italian market. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so no, it's cool. Good job, Luis, for sure, and definitely like uh, interesting. Uh, I, I wonder whether this investment plan by Luis has some kind of you know further strategic move going mm -hmm. ahead. It's just yep. a, a matter of you know uh -huh. becoming a relevant investor in the listed uh, companies. In that case, will they invest in H Yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, just throwing out the question. Yeah. Or yeah. will they actually start becoming an LP mm. in private mm -hmm. funds? So where are they going with this? So that's you. Yeah. I'm just curious about it. And another aspect is maybe how how far is Digital Magics in their portfolio? Like the, one thing to consider is always to see like where are them with their deals? Uh, are they still like sort of fully invested? Or are, are they in which kind? In which moment of the cycle are they in? Like I'm, I'm curious to see if this has any relationship with the the fact of Louis entering this uh, this kind of deal. Like maybe thinking where an early stage like uh, uh, element would be covered by Adventure, Digital Magic maybe will cover like a, a slightly later stage deals with already like some validated portfolio that, uh, you know, kind of covering the cycle, I would say. But, yeah, uh, that's an interesting again. question. I don't know. I don't know. In, in a sense, you, you can see, I mean, uh, Digital Magic is a complex beast uh, yeah. as Adventure is. Yeah. Um, but basically, I wonder whether investing in digital matches today is basically buying a call option on a portfolio of a quite a broad portfolio of Italian startups. That's a good point. And, That's a good point. So, so, so how how would you know this type of reasoning uh, is uh, part of the investment, yeah. or or what is anything else? So, yeah. Because yeah. it is, if you think about it. So, the digital matches probably. Tens, tens and dozens of startups. Uh, yeah, even right now. Small participations in many startups. So yeah, let's check let's... out actually. Oh, well, here's Barca Italiana. Yeah, there you go. Essentially, you have, yeah, some interesting movements, but uh, what would be cool to see is actually their portfolio and see how exactly it works out. Yep. Uh, I think they publish a report. It might be um, a matter of a quick dip, dip down. Uh, I know. I know. Episodes. That's a good point. Just a, a quick uh, taste to the viewers. Yeah, I mean, just to, to see like, and I, what I feel is that they've always been like broad scope and not necessarily verticalized. So they've been really covering a lot of ground, which, uh, which is a good strategy, especially for uh, uh, the like a very broad and early portfolio uh for 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 like a, a company that is starting doing like vc so as a, one of the first vcs one of the first accelerator actually they have been like uh, basically putting their their hands on a lot of interesting deals for sure mm -hmm. uh, from crunchbase from a quick look they made digital magic magics made 72 investments oh wow since in, in its inception yeah. which is probably uh, less than the reality because Crunchbase has not great yeah. coverage for, for smaller investors. But yeah, yeah. I mean, quite a few dozens of startups. So Awesome. All right. Let's talk about IPOs. Alfonsino talking always about food delivery. Let's stick with food. 
Uh, Foncino, very different model. They basically bring restaurants to your house uh, through a delivery system. So they're like trying to operate as uh, in, a, in a very capillary way. And uh, so there are a ton of restaurants uh, basically available and they filed and they actually succeeded in, in, uh, in uh, being listed on the Aeronext Growth Milan as Alfonsino SPA uh, with, I think, um, a value, company valuation of 20 million. Well, actually, actually the free float. Uh, well, I Market believe... Market cap. Exactly, sorry, exactly. Market cap, 20 million and the 20.64% of the free float available in the market. Very interesting. Yeah, 4 million is basically a reasonable Series A in mm-hmm. terms of size. Yeah. Uh, remember that Alfonsino went through a few crowdfunding rounds. Yeah. I believe that they didn't raise venture capital, but they mm-hmm. went through crowdfunding. And mm-hmm. we probably discussed this uh, a few weeks ago when they announced the listing. Uh, I think they uh, they were aiming to raise 5 million euros. So I think it is, it is a, an interesting information that they only raised 4. Uh, so I wonder whether it, there was not enough demand or whether at the 5 million demand the price was too low. I don't know, but mm-hmm. just, you know, wondering. Um, and one thing I have to check out is the multiples on current current numbers. Uh, yep. for the market cap. So I yep. Yep. need yep. To, to check them out. Sorry, I didn't make it. No, no, Nick, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, we, what we've seen actually is a little bit of a pattern where even companies with, uh, well, high growth, but not necessarily like an incredible amount of revenue, they file for success, they successfully file for IPOs. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I feel it's a good sign in, in this sense. Well, that's, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yes, for sure, for the, for the start, it, it is a good sign. Uh, from the point of view of the market, um, is, it, is it an effect that can be completely uh, decoupled from the amount of liquidity that's currently mm-hmm. around? Uh, I mean, uh, all, all these types of changes are basically have been going up for years and in particular in the last couple of years just because of liquidity yeah that's right. uh, that's so true. i just i just wonder whether if the latest uh raise are in effect a, a way to capture some of that liquidity or just you know interesting uh, yeah at least in part i was looking at the numbers sorry while i was talking and oh. on on the 30th of June, so half year, Alfonsino booked 2 million in revenues. Hmm. Uh, last year, same period, the number was at 1 million. So the growth has been but, quite. So quite the question then becomes like, uh, would it be, was it too early in a way? I mean, some people might argue that it's uh, it's kind of a very early. I mean, what w- what is the necessity of uh, of uh, get, get into IPO as uh, revenue grows, and uh, it, maybe it's just a strategic matter of just uh, willing to accelerate without necessarily going through VC, or maybe yeah, probably that's what you were mentioning also. Like uh, they don't want to go through VC; they would rather you know go public first and maybe take it from there. 
Yeah, well, again, if you, if you think about it, going public is actually, historically has been a way to raise financing, not mm -hmm. to, not strictly speaking, to uh, monetize an investment. So the monetization comes at a different point in time, but mostly right. you raise capital from going public. Uh, in this case, probably, I don't know. So I really have no idea. But for sure, we can see that they raised 4 million and that's a series A and that's something that a startup, a private startup would aim after, aim for, yep. uh, after the uh, the seed rounds raised by, by crowdfunding. Yep. Again, when you when you go for the crowdfunding route, it also might be more difficult to, to, to raise venture capital because, you know. Interesting. There are a lot of reasons. Yeah. Cap table, different governments. Cle how clean the cap table is and people, mm. yeah, that's true. Not a good a good sign. Some people take it, not a good sign. So maybe, maybe yeah, no, maybe that's uh, that's part of the of the movement. Another IPO in a totally different business, augmented reality solution for remote assistant, Econa technology, going public on the uh, Austrian stock exchange. So that's uh, I thought that was, that's the first time I actually come across the that specific stock exchange. I don't know, unique if you you've seen other people going IPO on, in Austria, and that's uh, that's what that was interesting. Uh, I don't. I might be wrong because memory might fail me. But this is the second time an Italian startup uh, floats on the Austrian stock mm -hmm. exchange, and the other time. The IPO was by the same team that actually IPO'd this one. Ah, okay, wow. Yeah, right. so uh, from the article, uh, you can see that there's Domenico Sita involved, yep. Yep. who's the one who also listed VHH technology. It's mm, basically okay. an aggregator of um, uh, internet services in the uh, Baltic. Uh, Eastern Europe region, and it's the interesting play basically. You aggregate smaller players in secondary markets, yep. and you create an interesting enough uh, asset to list and to make a good business. Uh, so he has uh, quite a history of doing that. Interesting, super interesting. Hmm. And, and and in this case, they they directly listed the company. Yeah, exactly. That's another very interesting position. Yeah. How to mm. that they went directly like there, so that's uh, that's also something strategically which is like uh, not too common. Yep, and, and uh, this is this I, I have no idea, but it would be interesting to understand why. So mm -hmm. why make a direct listing at the twenty-eight million mm -hmm. market cap valuation? So what? What is the, the logic point? behind so, it? Yeah, 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 totally. So you 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 don't, you only have the existing shareholders uh, on board. Uh, so there is no um, market, so you have to find the buyers. Uh, and I took a look at the um, uh, the book and then the uh, movement of the price the day after the the, the IPO. The IPO on Thursday, and I uh -huh. took a look on, on Friday, uh -huh. and nothing happened. So. Oh wow! Okay, okay. I, I didn't see the any any, any transaction, so the, the the price was exactly the same, but it was zero. Uh, maybe I didn't look well enough, which might be well possible. Uh, but still, I 
I would be quite curious to listen to, to the story about uh, the decision to go to a direct listing on the New Stock Exchange at that price with that company uh, and understand what, what was the goal, what's the idea, what's the plan behind it. Yeah. So maybe it has also to do with the future investment rounds when maybe some more institutional investor, maybe they would uh, pointed the company toward like Austria instead of other stock exchange. Who knows? I mean, it can be, it can be really like a lot of variables playing in this, uh, in this kind of operations. Very interesting. But the company yeah. definitely looks uh, incredibly like uh, working well. I mean, uh, 32% of growth. Uh, so that's, uh, that's absolutely not too bad in the past three years consistently. So but if, they, if they made another 30% of growth this year, so then the revenue would be around 3 million. Mm -hmm. So 3 million commanding at 28 million of market cap because they decided that was the price. So they, mm -hmm. they didn't do any book building. So they just listed and said, you know, this is the price. That's it. It's like how many? Nine, almost 10 times revenues because yeah. reasons. <laughs> I mean, um, um, it's the multiplier, Nico. It's the, it's the valuation of buy multiplier. We know that. It's like uh, there is a list, you go through the number, and you just multiply. <laughs> it's, but I agree with you. It's, very, it's a very um, arguable way to uh, evaluate the company, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the point is that not that I'm arguing this is a wrong or a right number. It's just I would really love to listen to the story about you know coming up with that number that uh, decision that reasoning i really love to to uh to chat about that one of the interesting parts is uh, how to how to get to valuations that's always a fascinating way on how people think so exactly and usually usually when you ipo you've got to go from the book building and you have professional investors that look at your papers and say okay i'm gonna buy 10 shares per for four euros per share yep. because i mean i believe this is the right yep. valuation and yep. you've got your curve awesome at least in uh, different story <laughs> different story different we'll story. see Let's move back to Italy with Satispay and Yag Platform to Piedmontese excellencies of, of a startup, I would say, proudly. So uh, basically since last week, uh, you could actually deposit funds directly to Young Platform, which is a crypto exchange, one of the most probably uh, fastest growing in Italy. Satispay, everybody knows, it's a paying platform which allows quick and fast payments. So this is a very good uh, news, especially for young platform, where actually they would open people, I mean, the, the full Satispay user base, which is probably half interested in crypto, to actually jump in uh, with a click of a button. So very, very good news for them. Mm -hmm. Yep, I wonder who, who is the party who's uh, benefiting the most from mm -hmm. this partnership. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Sure. Uh, when you remove friction from entering a marketplace such as that, your platform that's always the best for the marketplace. Totally, totally. Uh, considering the huge co uh, consumer base uh, behind Satispay, I probably have my opinion about who's the party who will try to benefit the most from this. Uh, but still, it is a very interesting uh, movement because probably it is the first consumer 
fintech service in Italy going so close to crypto? So uh, the, only, the only analogy for, from this kind of operation is with uh, Revolut. So Revolut started simplifying payments. And I think only from last year, you could also purchase crypto through the same exact app. So you could like have a bank account, you could move money in different currencies. On top of that, you had the crypto tab where you could actually purchase uh, any kind of cryptos from Ethereum to Bitcoin, etc. So it's not necessarily with another, uh, like as a, as, a, as, a, as a partnership with another startup, but it was natively done in a way that from one upgrade to another of Revolut, you find yourself potentially being able to invest in crypto. So that's the closest thing I, th I can think of, which is that's, removing friction in that way. That's not from Italy though. So it it's not from probably Italy. Yes, correct. the first Italian fintech that, that was not starting from crypto, because of yeah. course we've got a lot of examples from yeah. the crypto system. Yeah. That's connecting the dots. That's I interesting. I agree. For Italy, yeah, also because uh, Satispay is a very uh, unique Italian way to sort of manage payments. Revolut is completely different, different way to do so. So there is also very specific uh, uh, elements to that. So that's, uh, that's, that's very true. All right. Cool. Very cool. cool. Very, very yep. cool. Let's move on uh, with, uh, I would end up here with Planet Watch, uh, which is a very interesting uh, deal coming from CERN. Uh, so with a scientific, it's a, it's a science-based like spin-off. They're trying to collect as many data as possible about the breathability of air by involving a lot of people. And what is interesting, well, there are a few, a few points which are interesting. One of them being is based on a, Italian-born blockchain called uh, Algorand, and uh, that's that's really cool. And for for the listener, I would definitely recommend the interview of uh, um, the founder of Algorand, uh, Silvio Micoli, right? Mm -hmm. With uh, Lex Micali, Friedman. Micali, Micali, Micali sorry. And uh, he had a great interview with Lex Friedman uh, on YouTube, and it's uh, fascinating. Two hour of uh, purely, uh, you know, ranging from sort of basic blockchain notion to how he came up with Algorand. Very, very cool. Yeah, yeah he's a Turing Award, right? Yes, yes, correct. So basically one of the highest recognitions. Uh, so that's that's not too bad. Uh, and the second point, probably uh, I forgot to, to, to mention it in the, uh, in the newsletter, is that also Planet Watch was founded by an Italian researcher at the CERN. Yes, So exactly. There's a lot of Italy in this project, and yeah, See, but please, please. Yeah, yeah, no, just uh, it's this is very exciting to me. It's like super exciting. First of all, because uh, yeah, it's 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 based on a on a, on a on a very interesting way to think of data collection through blockchain. Uh, well, Algorand, a lot of people are using Algorand and the token Algo, which is also very very known. In, uh, in a lot of like crypto circles. A lot of people are building on top of Algorand as well. And another thing which I thought it was interesting was this, Borderless Capital, which is a blockchain venture capital firm. So specifically funding project based on the uh, sort of Algorand economy. So that's, uh, that's, that's very narrow. Talking about the narrow investment thesis, these dudes are doing it right. Mm -mm -mm. Yep. 
And that, that was, uh, I found it interesting as well. Uh, having a, a, a fun investing specifically in it. So, I mean, this is not the first time this happens, to tell you the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. Other blockchains mm-hmm. launched their um, Kickstarter funds, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, vehicles that invested in the ecosystem built upon the blockchain. Interesting. Because you need it. I mean, you need to attract entrepreneurs, to attract projects in order to have the building blocks uh, built on your blockchain and to start an ecosystem. No, totally, totally. Very uh, good strategy. Exactly. So it, it makes total sense. I don't know the relationship between Algorand and Borderless. I don't know whether they are two completely distinct, distinct um, um, uh, objects or there is a relationship such as the traditional blockchain and uh, investment mm-hmm. vehicle associated with the blockchain. So uh, I believe so. that the closest connection is through one of the managing partner, which used mm-hmm. to be one of the executive of Algorand. I don't think it's this David Garcia who, or Arul, I don't remember. But uh, but that's, that's a, that's a, there is a close connection there. So maybe I can see how, you know, part of the team of Algorand was like, okay, you guys do the funds raise millions we keep going with the platform and together we build an ecosystem very interesting perspective mm-hmm. love it totally love it but in this case they went even more specific because this is not just you know investing in the ecosystem above mm-hmm. Algorand. they, they launched a 10 million dollars fund to invest yes. in the ecosystem around planet watch Correct. that's a product built on top of Algorand. exactly so there are different <laughs> layers going on and i believe we'll see these happening more and more between uh, you know funds helping out uh, a blockchain ecosystem DAOs or whatever web3 new technology you can think of for sure but that's uh it's something to keep an eye on for sure mm-hmm. i agree nico thank you so much cool. it was great uh and i'll see you next week with some more news in the week in italian startups that's for sure thank you jack it was a pleasure as usual See you in a week. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao, ciao.